Hey yo, hey yo, welcome to week seven, the best picks for week seven as I bring this to you on Wednesday morning, depending on when the ladies, the gentlemen, and the fellas, the fellas, the fellas are listening to this. I hope you have a fantastic start to your day, weekend, whatever it might be. How y'all doing? What we're going to do here, if you're new, and if you're not new, you already know what we're doing here. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight ends. Right now, I have all of my data, all the key stats and all that stuff updated, and some of them are going to be on the screen behind me, as you can see, not all of them. I have some initial research done. Projections are going to be done by the end of the day today as I record this. Those will be up on Patreon for just part of what's all offered on there, projections, ranks, a bunch of other stuff. You can find out all that stuff down below. The more informed you are, the better the chances that you have of winning. Otherwise, you're probably just dead money in a lot of these contests. And we'll start on the quarterbacks, but before we do... Give yourself a round of applause for being here. Pat on the back. Take your shoes off and relax. This is your leisure time, right? This is not on your boss's dollar or your your significant other's dollar. This is your personal time right now. So I'm happy that you're actually giving that time to me. I thank you all in advance. And if I can, yeah, just one second, just one second here. Hit the like button on YouTube and the subscribe, all that type of stuff. It goes a very long way as the big one pops up on the screen. Podcast, hit that follow button. Building the podcast community is a huge goal of mine. So we can do that as well. If you're watching on YouTube and you want to go over there, the Sal Vetri Show on the podcast, just hit it with a follow. It really does help if you want to just listen one day in the car you don't want to watch the video version i really do appreciate that gives you multiple ways to actually consume my content the video is sponsored by monkey knife fight they're still doing this offer they're gonna end it at some point it's too good of an offer they're gonna end it at some point promo code vetri my last name v-e-t-r-i spell it out for you make it real easy gives you free money up to 50 dollars. you want to play a monkey knife fight whatever money you put in they'll match it up to 50 bucks you want to put 10 bucks in damn 10 dollars for free you a heavy hitter you a head honcho you a kingpin out there you want to put a 50 dollar ruski bill in there they'll give you 50 right back it's a prop betting site lots of different props out there if you have any questions you can leave them in the comment section on either how to get signed up or if you just have any questions on specific props i have my database which can help you for projections so just let me know link down below monkey knife let's try and win some props some dollar ruskies but also having a really fun time while we're doing it you get the entertainment portion you get a little bit of the profit roi portion and the upside of that it's a damn good time so we got the plug out the way we got all that stuff out the way it's time now to consume the content so this is what we do wednesday we're going to be doing this right here best picks friday i'll have kind of all my projections done we'll go over matchups a little bit more and then over the weekend we'll have our sunday live stream some other content as well so be sure to check all that stuff out all my content is pinned up in my profile a schedule on twitter at salvage dfs but there are a lot of games this week that are going to have insane totals i mean if you look at this sheet right here in the column that says total if you're watching on the youtube version 56 56 56 and a half 56 and a half some of these game totals 52 51 50 these game totals are crazy normally if you see a game total in the 50s maybe that's the only one of like two that week now if you're not seeing game totals approaching 55 they start out to become as attractive of games to be choosing from so yeah you can see pretty obviously here on the quarterbacks that i have interest in and we could start at the top with kyler murray who right now is the number one fantasy quarterback in terms of season-long leagues in the nfl and he's been pretty damn bad and not bad in terms of awful but relative to some of the other quarterbacks he's averaging 7.3 yards per attempt that's basically average his completion percentage is 66 percent that's around average to below average for what the players are on this slate right now there's a lot of quarterbacks this year attempting close to 70 percent of their passes averaging over eight yards per attempt so he hasn't been pitiful but he's just been like honestly below average at this point when it comes to being a passer but the reason why he's so damn good in terms of right now being number one overall quarterback being a very strong option for you in fantasy is well he's tied to deandre hopkins yes but he's averaging eight and a half attempts per game for 62 rushing yards he scored another rushing touchdown this past week he now has a touchdown six touchdowns through six games averaging a touchdown a game right now in the red zone is where he's actually really locking down with a 78 percent completion percentage on 18 red zone attempts averaging 34 attempts per game and right now only number two in the slate behind russell wilson's and fantasy points per attempt $7,100 Kyler Murray I have interest in. I do have interest in obviously stacking him up with his wide receivers. Hopkins being the main one against Seattle here, which the matchup against Seattle secondary. They're number 
11 overall defense. The matchup in the secondary is going to be fine. They're 12th overall, closer to average right now, the Seattle secondary. The offensive line for Kyler Murray in terms of pass protection is going to be 13th overall. So yes, I have interest in Murray. And if you know me, I game stack, I team stack. I basically game stack all of my games. I've pretty much been going with two players from one side, one to two from the other side. You can do like a, a one man stack, right? With a, for example, in this one, Kyler Murray plus Hopkins, run it back with like a DK Metcalf. I'm fine if you want to do that. I usually try and get as much correlation as possible into my lineups. But if you wanted to do that, Hopkins, Christian Kirk are my main stacking options. Not going to really be going with anybody else here. Christian Kirk finally finds the end zone twice on both of his targets, but that's all he had. Just two targets, two receptions. He wasn't getting all that much air yards downfield. He obviously didn't have a lot of targets. So he's looked good now, Christian Kirk in back-to-back weeks, but obviously all of that really resided on his two touchdowns. One being that 80 yard touchdown on Monday night against Dallas. So I still am interested in him at his price point for stacking reasons, but I think that might be a reason why I don't get as much of uh, Kyler Murray at $7,100. He looks good, but overall team stacks for him not looking as great, but they have a 26 and a half implied total. Next up here is going to be Aaron Rodgers at $7,000 coming off a brutal week where he threw a pick six. Then the next pass after that basically is bobbled by Devontae Adams and almost that one was returned for six as well inside the 10 yard line for Tampa Bay. And then they just got rattled the rest of the game. Now they're implied for 30 points in this game as three and a half point favorites, a fine matchup against the Houston secondary that ranks 27th overall in the NFL out of 32 teams. That's not good. A 56 implied team total. This could be the game that just goes for another blowout with this Houston team continuing to put up points. This Packers team continuing to put up points and neither defense looks all that elite. So Rodgers, you know the passing options, right? Devontae Adams, MVS is going to be at a discount. Robert Tonyan got banged up last week, but still ran about 25 plus routes. So it looked like he was okay after that. Those are your main passing stacking options with Alan Lazard still out. Probably going to go to Aaron Jones and put him in that stack. I normally don't put running backs in there, but we'll see if I do that. Aaron Rodgers looks fine, but I like the opposite side of this more. Early on, without me doing my crunches yet and finishing projections, Deshaun Watson looks very strong. So of the quarterbacks that I've said, but the reasons why he looks strong is he has multiple passing options that are not all that expensive. Deshaun Watson himself is a mobile quarterback. And historically, Deshaun Watson as an underdog trailing in games like he was last week will put up some of the highest performances historically out of any quarterback in fantasy football. He comes into this one with a 26 and a half team implied total. And he's projected by Vegas to be a three and a half point underdog. Dollar signs in my eyes right now. This is looking very, very good for Deshaun Watson. Very similar to last week. He's averaging almost 300 yards per game in the air. 8.9 yards per attempt right now. Leads this in entire slate. It's tied with Russell Wilson. Deshaun Watson, very quietly because his team keeps losing one and two over the last three games, even though he's been the best quarterback in the league in terms of overall offensive efficiency over the last three games. Yes, you're not hearing it right now, but if he keeps this up this week against this Green Bay defense that's suspect and moving forward, his name's going to start to come up as one of the best quarterbacks once again in the league after they were all doubters out against him. And he still does have that rushing upside averaging close to two fantasy points per game. And the reason why I like him even more, I know I'm going to get a lot. Will Fuller's is his most expensive stacking option. And Fuller's only $6,800. That's not that expensive compared to the Adams, compared to the Hopkins for some of the guys we've talked about already. Matt Ryan, when we get there, DK Metcalf for Russell Wilson, when we get there, right? So cheap options, Brandon Cooks, just 5,200. Randall Cobb's in that cheap range as well. And then you have Darren Fells, a viable tight end. If Jordan Aikens does not return, Fells just ran a ton of routes, 29, had another big game. He's only 4,100. So it's very easy to get to Watson and run it back with whoever you want on Green Bay, whether it's Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, maybe even both of them in a full-on game stack. Watson looks very good in my opinion. Another quarterback with an insane team total, 30 implied team total for Atlanta against Detroit and Detroit yet again is a very bad defense overall Detroit's defense looks pitiful 24th overall right now if you want to talk about what is the perfect matchup and the perfect combination for a Matt Ryan ceiling game well you kind of got it last week and it's setting up this week again you want your players to be healthy so we'll see what happens with Calvin Ridley but Julio came back last week so he got him healthy you want to go up against not the best of pass rushes well Minnesota had no pass rush and you want to be in a dome that happened last week this week Detroit Atlanta gonna be in a dome pass rush for Detroit
right right now. If you want to know where it ranks right now in the NFL out of 32 teams, 25th. They're very similarly just as bad as Minnesota was last week. And yes, Julio Jones is back. Calvin Ridley got a little bit nicked up. We'll see if he's actually injured, if he's going to be good to go. If Calvin Ridley is good to go, the stacking options look very prime here. Whether you want to go to Julio again, who's cheap, Ridley, who's more appropriately priced now, closer to the bottom of the 7K range. Hayden Hurst had a big touchdown in that game as well. You have Russell Gage. Lots of stacking options for Matt Ryan, who's averaging the most passing yards per game on this slate at 307 per game. Right now, his interception percentage, just 1.2%. So he's avoiding mistakes at this point. He has 26 red zone attempts, which is well above the league average so far, 7.6 yards per attempt. And he's going to be a three-point favorite here with a 30 implied team total. I like Matt Ryan a good amount. So those are four yeses. My fifth yes is going to be Matt Stafford. And he's the opposite side of this Atlanta game. And he gets to go up against an Atlanta team that right now, if you're talking about pressure, they actually have it. They're top 10 in pressure rate right now. If you're talking about coverage, bottom third of the league, 20th overall in coverage. Their overall defense has been improved since the beginning of the year. And honestly, since like the midway point of last year when they started to overall improve, but a 26.75 team implied total, a three point underdog, very similar to the Sean Watson here. He is a slight underdog, but, and this is a big old booty. The big difference here is that the Sean Watson has a lot of stacking options. We already talked about the three to potentially four if Darren Fells is still going to be the primary tight end there. Matt Stafford, I pretty much trust Kenny Galladay and that's about it. Danny Amendola, not much upside, right? TJ Hawkinson still only running like 20 routes a game, even when they have to pass. His name looks good, but now he's expensive and he doesn't run that many routes. They're still trying to limit him. Get this, last week, the backup tight end for the Detroit Lions ran 14 routes to TJ Hawkinson's 20 routes. That's not that great when there's that much of a split for TJ Hawkinson at his third overall price tag for tight ends of 5K this week. And then Marvin Jones has just looked like dust. I agree that this would be the week for Marvin Jones to break out. If I'm looking for stacking options, my primary stack would be Kenny Galladay. If you're going for a full game stack, then Marvin Jones, bring it back with somebody else. They do have a nice team implied total. They're only slight underdogs. So we expect a lot of pass attempts here for Matt Stafford was a 7.4 yards per attempt so far this year. Only a 61% completion percentage. It's hard when your offensive line is not the same as it used to be due to some players leaving in the offseason. And also Graham Glasgow being the main one. And also you don't have the greatest of weapons. So Stafford's a final yes for me at 6,500, but I would much prefer as long as the ownership isn't crazy different on all these guys, Kyler, Rogers, Watson, and Matt Ryan. Now next up is going to be Russell Wilson. He's 8K. That's the only reason why he's not a yes right now because he's expensive. Metcalf's in the 7K range and Lockett's $6,600. So to stack them all up in a game stack, it becomes expensive. And then if you want to run it back with somebody on Arizona, it's kind of hard to even try and get to Hopkins at that point. So then you kind of have to just look at Christian Kirk or maybe a Kenyon Drake if you want to run it back with him, a cheap option this week at the running back position. So it just becomes more challenging to stack that team up. I do think it leads to lower ownership with a 30 implied total looks good. Similar things can be said for Patrick Mahomes. He said that teams are playing a lot of cover two against them. So they're fine running the ball a little bit more and checking it down. That's what they did to beat the Buffalo Bills. So that's a little bit of a concern as their team total still is very nice, 28 and a half, but they are nine point favorites here. Mahomes just averaging 283 yards per game right now. But the nice thing is you're seeing the rushing game getting a little bit there for him, 28 yards per game on the ground. Obviously, Mahomes is always great. Tyreek Hill is cheap. Travis Kelsey's cheap. Demarcus Robinson is very cheap after leading this team in routes and overall usage as a wide receiver last week. McCall Harmon did not see any bump. Still a straight back up to Tyreek Hill, it appears. You might get a lower owned Patrick Mahomes stack, maybe even due to the matchup people run away from Denver, who's right now the tied with the Steelers for the number one overall graded defense, according to Pro Football Focus. Might be a nice week to get a contrarian stack with Patrick Mahomes. That said, I still like the guys I have listed as a yes a little bit more. Some other options down here. Cam Newton, mainly just as a rusher, like a naked quarterback. I don't want to stack him with anybody. Nikhil Harry seems to just stink, right? He seems to be a bust that we thought 
thought he was last year before he was injured. We gave him the benefit of the doubt. Julian Edelman looks to be dusty. So I don't really have any stacking options. Makes me less interested. Herbert is a seven and a half point favorite. I like the running game a little bit more here against a suspect Jacksonville defense, but Herbert has his clear stacking options. I go Keenan Allen if he's healthy with that back injury, very cheap price tag. And then Hunter Henry and then Mike Williams in that order if you were to stack it. And then Joe Burrow, if you really wanted to just punt the quarterback, I probably wouldn't do it. Cleveland's defense does look pretty solid overall. I know the Steelers got to them last week, but still an inferior opponent here in Joe Burrow in that offensive line. I think that could cause them some problems. He's a three and a half point underdog. Probably don't get to borrow as much. It'll probably be a no by the end of the week. Mainly going to stick with my five yeses, get some of those maybes as well. We now move into the running back position. And if you enjoyed that quarterback breakdown, like button for me real quick. Big ol' subscribe button pops up on the screen, a big ol' one, and now let's get into these running backs. And now we start this bad boy off with Alvin Kamara, $7,900. Look, they're seven and a half point favorites against the Carolina run defense that right now, I mean, this just looks too easy. He's going to be highly owned, but it's appropriately so. Carolina ranks 32nd, dead last against the run. Now you have Alvin Kamara as a touchdown favorite coming in with his team having a 29 and a half implied total. He's getting 21.2 opportunities per game. His stuff percentage is one of the lowest in the NFL at just 13% right now. He's averaging over 1.1 fantasy points per touch. What's outside of the Andre Swift's smaller sample. Nobody else is doing better than that on the season. He's efficient. He's actually scoring touchdowns. He's seeing nine targets per game. Yes, Michael Thomas will be back, so that might drop down. He's still one of the top options on this team, and he looks very good. He's honestly probably like $500 too cheap. I like Alvin Kamara pretty clearly and obviously. But if you want to just play discount Alvin Kamara, go to $7,200 Aaron Jones. I mean, look, don't get jumped off from last week. The Houston Texans just allowed over 200 rushing yards. And when you factor in the passing yards, 250 to Derrick Henry. And yes, Derrick Henry is a totally different runner than Aaron Jones, but Aaron Jones is very good. He's going to be a three and a half point favorite with a 30 implied team total, averaging over one fantasy point per attempt. Out of all the guys with decent samples on the slate, only four people are doing that, or averaging over five yards per carry, over five and a half targets per game right now, averaging over 20 and a half opportunities per game. Aaron Jones looks very good, and he fits the bill right now in this matchup against the Houston Texans run defense that ranks 27th right now in the NFL. You want to know where they rank in tackling as well? Not the best. 29th overall for an elusive running back in Aaron Jones. He's basically, to me, the Alvin Kamara discount this week. And the other sneaky thing about Alvin Kamara, when they get a big in games, Latavius Murray sees usually more work on the ground. We've seen that now in three games this season. Doesn't mean Kamara can't get there. Doesn't mean he can't catch a ton of passes and score touchdowns. I like him, but Aaron Jones might actually be in a shootout, a game that's a little bit closer and being involved the entire game with nobody to steal the bulk of his work. I know Jamal Williams will be a little bit involved. AJ Dillon is not a thing. It was blowout run last week, but I do think that Aaron Jones is a nice discount, $700 off of Alvin Kamara. And honestly, they look like similar plays to me this week. Next up is Kareem Hunt. And Kareem Hunt, by all accounts, still runs behind a very good offensive line right now in terms of my rankings is the number one offensive line for any running back on the slate that we're looking at right now when he runs behind them. Kareem Hunt, the number six overall fantasy running back in the NFL currently. Cincinnati Bengals, bottom third of the league in run defense right now, ranking 21st overall. Cincinnati Bengals are actually decent at tackling, but Kareem Hunt's opportunities per game, almost 17 per game right now. And keep in mind, he was like a 1A, 1B with Chubb for the first few weeks of the season. He's going to be a three and a half point favorite here, just $6,800. I wonder if he'll go a little bit under owned here with Aaron Jones, Kamara, Derrick Henry, some of these other guys mixed in around him. I kind of hope so. I do like Kareem Hunt at $6,800. I would expect somewhere close to 20 overall opportunities in this game for him. Now, James Conner continues to be somebody under-owned. We had a very good week in that one dude last week. Kirk Cousins goes off. Trey Burton and Jack Doyle, we put both the indie tight ends. They both scored tight ends, three combined for them. They both had good games for their price tags. James Conner goes off, has a huge game for us at low ownership. That's the whole purpose of the Saturday That One Do video. Be sure to subscribe and notification bell so you can be sure that you actually watch this week's best leverage plays on our Saturday release. But James Conner is probably going to continue to go 
under-owned because he's priced around all these guys. Now he's also priced around Kareem Hunt. We'll talk about Mike Davis and some other players that he's priced around, but he continues to get a lot of work. 18 opportunities per game, three targets per game so far in the year. He's been very efficient. Defensive yards above replacement, 95 right now. There's only two running backs, Kareem Hunt and Derrick Henry on this slate that have more defensive yards above replacement. They're the only two more efficient running backs in that specific metric right now. He's getting a lot of red zone usage with 14 attempts per game so far in the year. Keeping in mind that he was hurt this year, he comes into this game as a favorite, which is always nice to see for our running backs. And when you look at Tennessee's run defense right now, right around the middle of the pack, 13th overall. But when you factor in their tackling rate right now, not as good, 21st overall. So I do like James Conner this week as well. I would prefer Aaron Jones and Kareem Hunt, but I think if he's lower owned, he's another potential pivot spot for us. Now, Mike Davis at 6,600, he saved my week. I mean, he didn't save my week, but I have been all my higher stake stuff. And he just scores a touchdown towards the end of that game to get me an extra like six fantasy points, which is a big difference from winning only like, let's just say $1,200. And then we ended up winning about $3,500 last week and profits in that specific lineup. And it was very good. Thank you, Mike Davis. He was not involved in the passing game even though they were trailing a lot of the time. That's a little bit concerning to see against his former team, the Chicago Bears. I'm looking at Mike Davis though, 92% of the snaps last week. So it's not like he really missed a beat. Trenton Cannon had overall five opportunities, but only 8% of the snaps, 21 opportunities for Mike Davis. He still remains elite. He gets a matchup against New Orleans. That's not going to be great. They're fourth overall, but I think that suppresses his ownership. They're 10th in tackling. This is a very good run defense, but I think that's going to suppress his ownership a lot. Maybe a potential pivot play. His overall opportunities are too much for me to completely run away from it. Game total, seven and a half point underdog, not the greatest. So the only reason I have him as a yes is I expect him to be in the single digits in ownership. Chris Carson, somebody that if he is low owned is going to potentially be my that one dude this week because he profiles out fantastic. A 30 implied team total, a nice run back option for your Arizona stacks, a nice way to leverage off of Russell Wilson's stacks if they become popular. Three and a half point favorite, 17 opportunities per game. His fantasy points per touch right now are very good. 0.962 for somebody who doesn't catch a ton of passes. Although he is seeing 4.6 targets per game, Chris Carson is somebody that I like a lot. Tied with Alvin Kamar for the lowest stuff percentage right now behind his offensive line of 13%. He gets a matchup against Arizona, that Arizona's run defense that did shut down Zeke to an extent, made him fumble a couple times. They're still ranked 21st overall right now. So Chris Carson at $6,400. Sneaky passing game upside overall opportunity here in this one. I actually like Chris Carson as a GPP play. Of course, if he picks up a lot of ownership, then we start to pivot. My final yes is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Yes, Le'Veon Bell has a very good chance of playing or a decent chance of playing this week. He can't practice until Wednesday or Thursday, they're saying, but he can learn the playbook during that time. So we'll see if he's actually going to be ready, right? If he has one positive test for COVID, then he's not going to be playing. So he has to test positive, I believe, or negative five times in a row before he can even take the practice field. Tough matchup against Denver, don't get me wrong, but $6,100 is a very cheap price point. If indeed Le'Veon Bell does play, I would expect eight to 12 touches for Le'Veon Bell. And then you're probably still going to be getting around 16 touches, maybe get up to 18 touches for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Even against this very difficult number two overall run defense and number one tied with the Steelers overall defense in Denver, they've been very good. They're still nine point favorites. That checks out for the running back in a 28 and a half implied total, 23 opportunities per game right now, 18 red zone touches. He's getting so much usage. I don't think even if he has 23 opportunities per game with the fact that Le'Veon Bell is there, even if that knocks it down, right? Darrell Williams has been seeing touches as well. Williams just saw double digit touches in this past game as the backup. So even if Clyde Edwards Slayer does get knocked down to 18 opportunities, I still think the price point is baking that in and they're nine point favorites with a nice total. And then you have a bunch of maybes on here for listening on the podcast. You can see them. Zeke, Derek Henry. These guys are expensive. I prefer Aaron Jones and Alvin Kamara. Obviously they still don't play though. Joe Mixon has a little bit of a yellow on him if you've seen right now in the YouTube video because he got banged up in the last game, but he did come back in. I expect him to play, but this is just to remind myself to mention to you that there was an injury in that last game, but again, he did return to the game against Cleveland. They are underdogs. They don't have the greatest total of 23.25, but he's getting 24.2 opportunities per game. Only Derrick Henry is seeing more opportunities per game right now than Joe Mixon. So when that's the case, especially if Mixon starts to become lower owned, you have to be considering him if he's going to be low owned in a GPP with that much volume as a talented player. Yes, they don't have the greatest implied total, but they're still implied for over three touchdowns, including 
Cleveland run defense ranks 15, so pretty much average right now. Todd Gurley, probably not going to get there. He's very touchdown dependent, but he is on a team that's a favorite with a lot of points right now. He is still seeing 19 opportunities per game. I know you all want me to talk about DeAndre Swift. He's a maybe. He's priced up to 5,400. He leads the entire NFL in fantasy points per touch, 1.26. Well, he has a limited sample to an extent, but he finally got 18 opportunities, 17 touches, just 38% of the snaps, right? He was still pretty much neck and neck with Peterson, but he did very well in those two touchdowns. Had a huge run as well. He looked very nimble and basically what they drafted him for. So if you're going to continue to get these touches against Atlanta, yeah, it's a fantastic spot to be getting DeAndre Swift. I don't know if I feel confident in that though. Atlanta ranks 25th in run defense right now, but I'm not yet secure on believing that he's just going to go out there and see another 17 touches. This could be an Antonio Gibson situation where now he sees 12 touches and Peterson seeing 14 if they were to take the lead in this one as three-point underdogs against Atlanta. I do like DeAndre Swift. He'll be in play for me. I'll factor in the ownership, but I'd rather go to some of these other guys who have a full workload that I can rely on. Guys, to close it out, David Johnson, not too high on him. Maybe he's a pivot option for you in a high team total and high game environment for scoring if DeAndre Swift gets chalky. Justin Jackson saw 21 opportunities before the break. That was good to see. His team's a seven and a half point favorite with a 28 implied team total. So that's really nice and conducive to overall running back success. The Jacksonville Jaguars ranked 23rd in run defense. So it looked like Justin Jackson broke away as the RB1 in this backfield. I still think it'll probably be like a 60-40 split with Joshua Kelly though. So that's why he's not a yes for me. And Kenyon Drake had the 69-yard touchdown, fell into the end zone another time against Dallas. Huge game, but he still only had two targets. Only 24 attempts from Kyler. Him and Edmonds each had two targets in week six versus the Cowboys. But at $4,800, he's too cheap. I'll admit it. He is too cheap. He's going to grade out very nicely if I give him like a 14 fantasy point projection. But he's coming into this one as an underdog. He doesn't have that much pass game involvement. The Seattle run defense has been great. Number three overall. They've shut down the likes of Ezekiel Elliott so far this year. So just be careful of Kenyon Drake. He had the big game on the ground, but he's not going to be in a situation this week where he's going to be up by three or four scores the entire game, right? And have 25 opportunities to bust a big run. He might only have like 14 opportunities this week. And then it might go back to dusty old Kenyon Drake who needs to score two touchdowns for him to be that relevant for you, even at this price tag, to be completely honest. Next up, we move over to the wider series. And if you have not yet checked out Monkey Knife Fight, again, my last name, promo code Vetri, V-E-T-R-I, get you a free $50 bonus or up to $50, get you up to $50 bonus, whatever you want. 10 bucks you put in, you get 10 back, 50 in, 50 back, player prop site, check it out, linked down below. So a lot of my wide receivers will directly correlate, if you know me, to the quarterbacks. That's the whole idea of stacking for GPPs. So if I'm looking at this, Devontae Adams, Calvin Ridley, DK, Julio, all these guys' names, Will Fuller, they basically direct to what their quarterbacks are. High totals, right? They're going to be in line for a lot of opportunities. They're all looking at basically like eight or more targets per game with a good amount of them, like Devontae Adams averaging 10 targets per game, 84 yards per game, right? He's looking at a situation where he's actually in line for more receiving yards based on his yak difference from expected receiving yards or yards after the catch to his actual yards after the catch right now. He's actually looking like he's a little bit underdeserved there. Steph Diggs actually looks like he should be getting a little bit lucky in terms of yards after the catch as well, based on neutral situations. So these are guys that I like. I'm going to just pair them up. They're very good receivers. I can talk about their matchups more in depth on Friday. They're going to have nice projections and they're going to correlate with their quarterbacks. Those are all the guys that you see right here. Devontae Adams, Calvin Ridley, DK Metcalf. They're all guys that are going to project out for like eight to double digit targets, eight targets to 10 plus for me. They're all getting a lot of opportunity share in terms of air yards. Ridley, 40% if he's healthy, 45% air yard share on his team for DK Metcalf, averaging 16.3 air yards per game. These all look very good. I'm not as interested in Josh Allen this week. I think he'll go lower owned if you want to go there, but they're 12 and a half point favorites. I don't think they'll have to just shoot out the entire time against the Jets. You do have Steph Diggs though at 7K. I'm still going to be interested here because he just keeps seeing opportunities. 10 targets per game, getting red zone targets, getting down the field targets a little bit more now based on that last game. Still seeing an elite 35% of his team's overall air yards right now. So Steph Diggs is going to be in play for me. Maybe not as much as that I get to the other guys because I don't really correlate it as much with this quarterback this week, but he looks fine. Will Fuller might see Jair Alexander, who has now shut down Calvin Ridley and Mike Evans in back-to-back weeks, but Jair can easily go on Brandon Cooks as well. Not too sure who 
he's going to actually go on there. The shadow matchup might only be 60% of the time, so it might not even be like an 80 or 90% shadow. That's at least important to keep in mind, but I do like Fuller. He's becoming an elite wide receiver. His overall targets per game and all these types of things are going to be so skewed from when he put up a goose egg against Baltimore because he played through a hamstring injury the whole time, but he really came off the field and things like that. So all of his actual like targets, all of his yards per games, they're going to be skewed down a ton because it's going to add in a zero to basically every single one of those for one of the games. But if you take out the game where he got hurt, he's pretty much like averaging double digit targets. He's averaging closer to 90 receiving yards per game instead of 75. Lots of things start to look really good for him. He's actually seeing as well red zone opportunities with five so far in the year. Kenny Galladay, those Detroit stacks, the prime option in your Atlanta runbacks. Unless you want to go to DeAndre Swift, I think that's pretty viable. $6,700 since he has now returned. He's seen over a 25% target share in each game. He went over 100 yards receiving in that last game. Again, they're underdogs in this one. They're going to have to throw. Expect somewhere around Stafford hasn't thrown a lot. He hasn't eclipsed 35 overall attempts in each of his past three games. That's not great. I would expect 35 plus attempts, maybe even 40 plus attempts in this potential shootout, 56 and a half total against the Atlanta Falcons. Galladay averaging 75 yards per game. I like my odds there at 6,700. Lockett's another option. Honestly, at this price discount off of DK, DK has been great. The red zone monster, the downfield weapon, but Lockett for a $600 discount in the slot, the matchup he's probably going to see right now against Arizona. I do like that as well. Lockett's seeing usage, 7.6 targets to 7.8 for Metcalf per game. Lockett right now has seen overall five red zone targets to Metcalf's five red zone targets as well. Metcalf's just getting more downfield usage. And you can see that based on the 9.4 air yards per target right now for Lockett compared to Metcalf's 16.3, resulting in 99 yards per game for Metcalf to just 68.4 for Lockett. But Lockett's very involved in the red zone as well. So I think they're both in play, of course. I would prefer Metcalf if you have the extra money, but if you can't, don't be worried about getting to Lockett. Tyreek Hill, very interesting play here. They ran the ball a lot last week and now have a very difficult matchup. His price tag comes all the way down to 6,400. You have a fairly priced Patrick Mahomes. So have a cheap Travis Kelsey and a very cheap Demarcus Robinson. It's easy to stack this team up this week and have a lot of upside there when they have a 28 and a half implied total. So Tyreek, very interesting at $6,400. Obviously not inducive to the best passing game involvement, right? Nine point favorites. But Patrick Holmes can throw three passing touchdowns in the first quarter, right? He's done four once in a quarter in the second quarter last year, I think against Oakland. So it's not that big of a deal. My final two yeses, keep an eye on Keenan Allen. I have him in yellow because he was dealing with a back injury, had to leave their last game, then had a bye week. They're saying that it's not that bad. So if we get practice reports that it looks like he's going to play this week against Jacksonville. I'm not too worried about anybody covering him in the slot right now. He's going to look very, very good in my opinion right now. So he might get some Herndon in the slot. Either way, it's going to be fine for him. His matchup, his volume is just insane. 10 targets per game. And that's factoring him him leaving after basically a quarter in their last game. He's seeing a ton of overall red zone share. 31% of the team's air yards right now. I like Keenan Allen with a 28 and a half implied total. He's honestly like $1,000 too cheap. $6,200 is just criminal. He's going to be a very strong cash option, be a very strong stacking option, but also one-off option at this price point with all the upside in the world based on how often Justin Herbert is looking his way. Finally, yes, is Brandon Cooks. Again, he might get that Jair Alexander treatment, but he's seen now 20 targets in the past two weeks. He's gotten into the end zone as well last week. He ended up getting in nine targets, a lot of them later in that game. And again, the shootout potential is great here against this Green Bay Packers team. What you're getting now is seven targets per game out of Brandon Cooks. He continues basically every week to run the most routes on this team. So get yourself the cook man himself. Brandon Cooks is a very cheap price point. He only comes up like $200 after having another big week last week. Makes no sense to me. We have a bunch of maybes on here. I'm not going to go through all of them, right? If you didn't hear me say somebody's name, like Michael Thomas, Hopkins, Cooper, Lamb, AJ Brown, Robbie Anderson, Crowder, 
uh, DJ Moore, right? The Cincinnati receivers, all of them for the most part. Randall Cobb or maybe some Russell Gage, some other options in some of the stacks that I do like. MVS, Deontay Johnson, if he's healthy. I don't actually have interesting Chase Claypool this week. I know he's been good, but only four targets last week. He's being involved in the red zone in the rushing game a little bit, touchdowns in each of the past two weeks, but now he's priced up. And honestly, James Washington has a better role in terms of volume on this team right now. Deontay Johnson might be coming back. I'd rather go to those guys than Chase Claypool at his increased price tag. That's just me this week. I think Demarcus Robinson is very interesting. He led that team in overall targets, receiving yards. He ran a ton of routes, the most routes and snaps out of any of the Chiefs wide receivers, way more than McCole Harmon. If Sammy Watkins was to miss again, which they're expecting him to, 3,400 to Marcus Robinson. Tough matchup, of course, but he's going to be in my Chiefs stacks. Some other guys on here as well that we can touch on later in the week. AJ Green, DJ Moore, McLaurin, those types of names. Let's finish it up right now with the tight end position. Finishing it up with the tight end position, you can follow me right now on the screen on Instagram, Sal underscore Vetri or Twitter at Sal Vetri DFS for more of my content, updates, just things like that. If you want to check me out on the social media platforms, you can do so. Take a second of your time, do it on your mobile mobile device, whatever it might be, you could do it over there. But tight ends this week, it's going to be pretty simple for me. I don't have a lot on here. We'll probably filter it down even more. I either want to probably pay up for tight ends, get them in my stack. So if they're not going to be in a stack, I'll pay up for probably just Kittle. That's like the only exception, right? I don't think I'm going to have a lot of uh, San Francisco stacks this week, but he's been fantastic. Leads the slate in tight ends for targets per game. And that's what they're not having. Jimmy G for some games, nine and a half per game. Looks fantastic. Finally finding the end zone right now. The only downsides are that they're implied for just 21.25 points, not the fastest pace, but he's still fine. I would prefer Travis Kelsey, whose team's implied for an extra touchdown more, who's seeing more air yards per target, who's seeing more overall yards right now per reception, more yards after the catch. So I prefer Kelsey to Kittle, and I'm also going to stack up the Chiefs, or at least expect to get more Chiefs stacks in this one. So I would expect to get a little bit more Travis Kelsey uh, than George Kittle, maybe even a lot more. And then after that, just some stacking options. Hunter Henry, if you want to stack him, or he looks good as a one-off, he's seeing a 20% air yard share. Anytime that number is over 20% or around 20% for a tight end, that's very good to see. He's seeing seven targets per game. He has the third most targets per game right now in the slate. Justin Herbert loves looking the way of Keenan Allen. He also loves looking the way of Hunter Henry. Henry looks even better if Keenan Allen was to miss. And finally, my fourth yes and final yes for now, and we'll get into some of my maybes. Aaron Fells, he's looked good. Touchdowns in back-to-back weeks. He had a lot of usage last week. He had like over seven overall targets. He ended up seeing, I believe, 29 routes one, which is a lot. Now he has another game where they're going to have to pass a lot. He's looking like a very strong option. His targets per game won't look great overall, just 3.2, but that's not factoring in last two weeks, basically, in what his new role is without Jordan Akins. If Jordan Akins returns, I temper my expectations on Darren Fells. But if he's out again, $4,100 is a very cheap way to get even more exposure of these Deshaun Watson Houston stacks against the Green Bay Packers. And now to my maybes. Now we're going to talk about some guys who look okay, but then we're going to start to talk about some punting options. So Robert Tonyan got banged up. That's why he's in yellow. Look to be fine afterwards, but just track that injury report. This is another cheap way to get exposure to the Packers. You want to stack up Aaron Rodgers or this game in general. Stack up Rodgers with Tonyan. You could easily fit Devontae Adams and run it back with whoever you want on the other side. Want to stack him up with Aaron Jones. You could easily fit that in. So he's a nice little cheap way to get exposure to this team. With Devontae Adams back, I wouldn't expect much, maybe four or five targets. So you're kind of banking on a touchdown there. So that's why I don't expect to get him as much. That's why he's not a yes. Hayden Hurst is close to a yes, but for similar price ranges, I like Hunter Henry and also Darren Fells as of right now, if Atkins is out a little bit more. But Hurst will be in my Atlanta stacks. He'll be projected for close to 10 or more fantasy points. So I expect to get a good amount. Eric Ebron looks good, averaging close to five targets per game, about 19 air yards per target right now. About a 19% overall air yard share for this team, which is very good to see. Over nine air yards per target is actually number two on this entire slate, only behind Jared Cook downfield for the Steelers. So he's taking on a lot of these juju routes right now out of the slot. So Eric Ebron's usage actually looks very good in this matchup for 4K. Logan Thomas, he's probably going to be boomer bust. Like he's seeing the targets, right? He just, his team sucks. His quarterbacks stink right now, Kyle Allen. You're getting about six targets per game. He actually is second on this slate, only behind Kelsey in air yard target share. How far downfield he's being targeted at 22.9%. The issue is those air yards aren't going to be that important if they're being thrown over your 
your head and inaccurate if it's Kyle Allen throwing you the ball. So he's still going to be an interest because he's still cheap, but he might just be a touchdown or bust. And then some punting options. Anthony Fersker, John Smith got hurt. We've been playing Fersker on some of these showdown slates, went for 100 plus in a touchdown in that last game. He's just 3K. I expect him to be complete chalk if indeed John Smith is out. Just track that injury. And Albert O, if Noah Fant was to miss again, Albert O only ran 15 routes and he saw six targets. So if he gets very chalky, I'm talking like 12 to 15% because he only saw 15 routes run. So more times than not, you should expect like only three targets on those, but he was involved in the red zone, saw an end zone target. His quarterback that he's playing with, Drew Locke, he played with in college. So there's a built-in connection there. And he's only 2,500 is the big deal here, right? So if you're going to tell me that you got six targets last week, even if you get three targets and two catches for like 20 yards, four fantasy points, I'll take that. Maybe not in a heartbeat, but I'll take that at 2,500 because I'm actually fine with zero there. The whole point of the play is to just be able to pay up for other options. So if you want to punt this week, Albert O, only if Noah Fant is out. Otherwise, he basically becomes now just a backup that might see like five routes run. So that's where we're at. As of right now, this recording, there'll be an update to this and we'll get a little bit more deeper into it. Talk about some projections as well. You can see all those projections linked down below and a lot of other information. Again, the more informed you are, the better your chances of winning. If you're not informed, if you're not using projections, if you're not using ownership, if you're not using analysis and whatever else it might be and in depth, and if you're not doing your own research, whatever it might be, if you're not having the time to do that, Patreon down below will help you out. Otherwise, you're probably just honestly having dead money in these contests because so many people are going to be playing very, very informed. So check it out down below, patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore. Thanks for tuning in. Like and subscribe before you go. And you can check out my Twitter for all the rest of my content that I've already released and more so the content that's coming towards the end of this week on my Twitter at Sal Vetri DFS. It's going to be a pinned up schedule. It's an image in my profile. And before you go, check out Monkey Knife Fight, all the stuff linked up down below. My promo code Vetri, V-E-T-R-I will get you all you need to have, all those bonus dollar rooskies up to 50 bucks to play with the player props and have a nice little weekend, nice little Sunday for yourself, some entertainment, some dollar rooskies, some brewskies maybe. It's a real good time. Thank you all. And I will see you in the next one.